why do you think mental health is important and is it something that why is it something that we should be discussing as men when it comes to mental health um the first the first thing i want to look at is the cultural aspect because i want to bring it basically local first and then we could probably go regional and international because trainees have a, a culture especially amongst the men where we are the the macho men we, you know we, we bottle our feelings and i think men across the world do that and trainees as well have a way we like to give a lot of pecong right so if you're back in broad yeah you're thinking all what you're, what you're being told you tend to act out in certain ways right so mm. I, I believe the mental health is described as something well let's say the absence of mental illness but more so your ability to function effectively emotionally stable and everything within the environment i think it's so serious because it's embedded in us as men to never show weakness and it's almost as if mental health is a weakness. So, you know, you grow up and you hear them say, you know, what kind of soft man thing is that, you know? It starts with the crying thing, then, you know, get a tobacco, you girl leave, you know? And you're just like, wait, boy, she break my heart. Man, what's wrong with you, Bridget? Stand up straight, get a real girl out there, man. And it starts there now. We, we're not even realizing how much it's in us. And as we get older and older, we don't recognize that we, as men, are most at risk. In fact, the research shows that men are least likely to show up to a therapy session for a mental session if they need it. Men are like, two times more likely to develop, say, alcoholism. Men are uh, four times more likely to die by suicide, you know? You even have men are less likely to, to, to understand the differences in depression. So a man who is depressed wouldn't show up, like, crying and being sad. A man who is depressed may show up real angry. That's why we have so many angry men around, because we don't know how to treat with the emotions. And so abuse and stuff even happens. Abuse to self and then abuse to others. And then it's all linked to the unhealthy gender norms that we learn as men as we go through life. And what we haven't been recognizing is that globally, to be honest with you, there isn't a lot of research about it. And even as therapists and psychologists, we don't have a lot of data because men just aren't even showing up in the, in the sessions. You understand? When they are trial studies to find what's going on with men, they're just not even showing up to talk about these issues. So what we have is a real situation that's very, very serious. It's critical. It's the root of so many issues that we see happening in society today. But... Thankfully, thanks to Luz Jens and the Empower TT movement, uh, we see young men, young brothers having the opportunity to talk. I know in one of the mental health sessions that we did, you know, young men were able to open up all their emotions. And when they came to talk to me after, they said this is the first time they were able to talk in a setting where they felt understood. And so if we see the young men saying that with this generation where there's so much more openness, you could imagine for our generation as men, how difficult it was for us. So it's a real serious topic based on the research and the data and based on what we see our fellow brethren going through. There's this stigma that, as you said before, um, the mental health thing is sort of people people kind of feel it's a kind of crazy thing they don't want people to think that they're crazy there's a kind of fear that 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 people think that that is all mental health is but it could be a lot of things as well as functional depression where people seemingly functional and they kind of just going through the motions but underneath you could have a lot of depression and and things like that because of how we were cultured growing up and how we were programmed to believe and how to operate 
It's like, do you really think that you're going through mental health? Can I think the problem really is men identifying that they're going through something mentally. You know, because overall men and health kind of diametrically opposed, if you know what I mean. We don't like to go by the doctor, we don't like to sort assistance if we feel it. It'll be always you know, I'll drink to punch and that will pass. So when it comes to mental health, it's like how are we going to identify it within ourselves? Or do we just see it as something that we're supposed to get over because we're supposed to be emotionally strong? Okay, so you touched on something there that um that is a very strong point. Um in saying take to drink. Um how does substance abuse play a role in men's health, mental health? I would say though roughly fifty percent of individuals who are affected uh, with mental disorders rely on substances to get by. That's just straight off the bat in terms of research. So we see that is, if as a male we don't have someone to, someone to express our feelings to, well then you know where we're going. We're going by the bar. You understand? And then we have the new thing now, the healing of the nation. Like, yo, so many people have said you smoke some weed and you're calm. You understand? And that in <laughs> itself, that in itself is something that many young men have told me. Say, so what? Honestly, watch, I can't handle the stress and thing. My mother harassing me when, as a therapist when I talk to young men. Mother harassing me, so if I just go and I just smoke a little thing, I calm. You hear men, and all you know, it does go out. We can talk about this for real and a real thing now. Um, men doing exams and they feel anxious about exams and they smoke something and they cool. And so the problem is that there's a dependency there now. You're dependent on a right. substance to get by. And so there's a difference with substance abuse and substance dependence even. So some people need that to get by. And when you don't have that, that's when you have the acting up, you have the outburst, you have the anger, you have the abuse, you have the violence, you know? So it's, it's, it's a, a sad, tough relationship. But if you drive to train that by the bars, because you see how vexed people were when they locked down, lock us in and men couldn't get a bar take now and, and stuff is a dependence. That is how we self-medicate the calm now. And when you don't have that coming from within, that's a problem. Because the moment that goes away, if you lose the finance to get it, or you lose the opportunity on a lockdown, right, yeah. if a second lockdown comes, then it's like, wait, hey, what are we going to do? Yeah. So, yeah, Bertrand, yeah. will you say that um, mental health is is heavily aligned with coping skills then? Definitely. Definitely. It's something that we have to start to inculcate in ourselves now. And as you all know, it's a little thing. Something as simple as football is a coping skill. You're playing some football, you bust a sweat day, you're calm, you're cool. You know? right. Something as simple as how we talk to our, our, our females, our girlfriends, how we have conversations, how we deal with problems. The, the coping skills that we develop there to get through struggles in itself when we have a follow now. And she say, I'm done, I'm done with you. Don't talk to me no more. Mm-hmm. Even that in itself, now how you deal with that is another way that we could survive with mental health challenges. Gents, t- let's let's talk about this on a, on a personal level. Um, has mental health affected any one of you all to the point where like you feel like you was going crazy and you didn't know what to do? It was ever in that point at that point in time, like how you deal with it? How how do you all deal with your stresses and your frustrations? So Bertrand just mentioned, um, you know, some men look towards a sweat to deal with the stress. This is um, something I have been using to cope with anything that I seem hard to get by. So I look forward to going to a sweat. I'll call up Kriver. I say, Kriver, what are we doing tonight? You know, Kriver say, well, yeah, sweat on I day. That, that, mm-hmm. that is how I, how I get by. Anything I can get over, the sweat helped me to do that. Um, apart from that, I would say music. I like to listen to music. And when I say music, I mean of all types. You know, different moods call for a different type of music, and that really seems to help me. 
Well, mm-hmm. I am similar to Rossi in that I look at music um, as a great help for me. I read um, a lot of books and sometimes um, I remember a part, a time years ago when I was going through some stress and I just sort of dove into a whole bunch of things. I just started try to keep myself busy in order to distract myself from it. So I get into all kind of different events, hiking, partying, drinking, all kind of things to just distract myself. Was it that someone told you about the drinking or you realize it for yourself? Uh, I realized it for myself because I realized that at a point I was I was going by the bar every day and drinking, and drinking every day. Okay, okay. Nah, man. I say, I say, after a while I realized that now nah, this car will, I, can, I can't be doing this every day. So go and tell me something. At what at what point did you transcend from being frustrated to being relieved? Um, is it is it that something changed in your life, or is it that you just dealt with the issues on your own? I think it was. Um, it could have been a mixture of things. I think um, I had like certain friends and stuff who sort of helped me out, as well as life changes, kind of steer me in a different direction. So not staying in the same situation is what helped. Yeah. But right, I just right. fellas who, who was just had me drinking every day and thing I had to lock them off. You right. know? Okay, okay. Chef, you wanna give us your, your experience with mental health and how you've dealt with it? Well the first thing I wanna speak about is that that drinking role. Remember I was in the oil and gas for a little while. And I wanna talk a little bit about the culture within the oil and gas industry. You mm-hmm. see that drinking, it was a way a life almost <laughs> for a lot of the guys um at the end of the day after a hard day's work some of us work you know hard manual labor some in the office no matter what the stresses of work always gets the better of you and at the end of the day it was straight to the bar and honestly guys that could have taken place almost every single day well wow. friday was <laughs> friday was was it for sure um mm-hmm. Thankfully, you know, with, with a lady coming into your life and you know, you're looking to settle down, you know, she started giving me a little pressure. <laughs> Summer Fridays turned to every other Friday. And then, you know, eventually I was able to wean myself off. But I mean, that's not the same for everyone. A lot of the guys still, still, I mean, I, I really met some alcoholics there. No matter mm-hmm. what, yeah, coming to work, you know, still in a state, you're smelling it coming out of the pores. It was, it was real terrible. Um, as we always say, use is one thing, but abuse is the problem, right? Yeah, yeah. And when we get a little chance later, I'll, I'll delve into my closest experience, I guess, with depression. I was back after A-levels, but, you know, I want to bring in Anthony for a little bit. For me, I have dealt with frustration. Well, more or less anything that has affected me. I have more or less for a long time internalized it. So, hmm. yes, I, yeah, because I am by nature quiet, introverted. I have, I'll, for much of my life, I used to internalize a lot of stuff because when I was younger, I used to cry a lot. Like, for everything, I could cry. And then I realized, listen, put that away, internalize your stuff, and for a while, especially during my teenage years, going into adulthood, I bottled up a lot. And 
one of the things that actually changed how I looked at things is that I was 20 when my best friend committed suicide. And that in itself created a dynamic in my life where I realized that where somebody who I thought was expressive, more outgoing, more confident in himself, wasn't able to speak to someone enough to let them know that he was under pressure. Yeah. And especially at that age. And that more or less began to change my life in a sense that I began to speak more, start to express myself more. Of course, there are times where, for instance, about a decade ago where I was in a relationship, the relationship ended, and I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to cope with it. And I just went into myself, threw myself into work for a few months to almost a year until I think my sister spoke to me one day and she told me, you have all this potential. You have all these things going around you. You are a talented person. Get yourself out. Get yourself out of yourself and start to express yourself more. Start to get out more. Start to engage yourself. Start to talk to people more. And that's how I began to emerge. And coming out of that, I got into another relationship. I got married. I've had my son. And I've actually, while I'm still quiet and introverted, I've actually become more expressive in how I feel about things. So now when something faces me, I'm able to channel that energy and actually speak out about it. Or even where I may not be able to at the time, I know that once I'm comfortable, I can speak about it instead of just keeping it up inside. Something that Anthony said there um, brought a question to my mind and I will mind for Bertrand to attack it for me or for us. In the sense that Anthony said, you know, he's still somewhat introverted. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking that a lot of men, some who are extroverted as well as introverted, they tend not to speak about personal problems for fear of you know, the, 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 the peacock and the fatigue and stuff that will be meted out to them. So my question really is that most men are really passive in nature. So that, for example, if he's in a relationship at home and he's going through domestic abuse, emotional abuse or whatever, you wouldn't hear him coming and celebrating that because, you know, he might feel emasculated to share that his woman um, down in him, right? So he wouldn't go to the police to, to um, share his, his, uh, his report or anything like that. So. My question really is, Bertrand, how do different personality types, personality types um, affect men to identify with mental illness as well as is being passive? Like you, you have a passive nature, is that healthy? That's a great question, honestly. And I would say regardless of your personality type now, you could still be susceptible toward a mental health issue. Because we have the men who are the life of the party. When we look at men like Heath Ledger, you know, who committed suicide. Right, we exactly. had Robin Williams. Robin Williams was one of the greatest comedians at the time. You know, he, you know, suicide as a, we have, um, I just see life for the part. We have The Rock. You know, The Rock is known as the strongest man. When we talk about Samson from the Bible days now, we think about Rock is the modern Samson, you know? And Rock opened up about his challenges with mental health, you know, and depression, you know? So it runs the gamut toward the introverts and the extroverts. You know, we, we think about the guys who would be shooting up high schools in the US, you know, they were introverts. 
you know, and, and killing mass people. So it doesn't even have anything to do with a personality type. This is what I would say. I think right now, I really want to really big up Los Gens for just having a conversation like this right now because during COVID, it's very clear that people are really challenged in a big way because of what's happening in terms of mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to see these signs because people are away. But I would say if there are six things I would say to look out for, because if it's not about, it's not about personality type as much, right? If there are six things that we can look out for, I would say at this time, if you want to look out for your brethren and you feel like something happening, the first thing I would say, look out for financial issues. Right now, men are known as breadwinners. No matter what culture, society you come from, men are taught that you have to be the provider, right? right. And so we have to look out. If you see a man losing his job and you see that a man is going through a hard time financially with pay cut because of COVID, that could be a sign of something one you want to look out for. If a man went through a separation or a divorce, we know how that does go. That's the, the second thing I would say you want to look out for. That could be something that could link to a mental health challenge that could be growing or looming. Another one is if he loses his job. If someone loses his job, that in itself is sending them into a spiral where they're not even sure what they're going to do. Another one that's powerful, and I think I'm really happy that you'll have a forum like this to talk about it because I do think it's something, and I'd love to hear your views on it as well, but childhood abuse. One thing I could say for sure is that nobody, men don't talk about sexual abuse, but a lot of men are abused as children. And society kind of makes it like it's a gay thing, you know, it's a, they use all the words, like, you know, it's real talk, we're talking real, a faggot thing. And so men wouldn't come forward and they wouldn't talk about the abuse, so they would keep it inside. But this is damaging. I can tell you the Children's Authority of Trinidad and Tobago released statistics um, last year. So not a lot, there's a growing increase of boys being abused. But the reports don't come in as much because boys aren't just taught to open up about it. Another dangerous thing is if you see a man holding on strong to traditional gender rules, like, nah, nah, that ain't doing that, I ain't doing that, that's a big man thing. And he just rigid now. That in itself could even be a trigger because those unhealthy, rigid rules also kind of stymie the process of expression and a healthy way of living. Like, living healthy is about seeing how you feel. You know, when you're angry about something, when you're sad about something, when you're disappointed about something, you know? And as men, our first emotion is to go toward anger. We sad, we vex. You understand? So we break we have, we vex tobacco. So yeah, everything, everything is that we vex. Because that's what we see modeled, you understand what I'm saying? And, the, and, and so that's something we look out for. And another thing too is, when you see a man having a heavy workload, um, you know, sometimes these men are going and going and going and they're doing real jobs to hold on for their family. That could also be a problem. And even trauma, like I've saw, I saw um, things about firefighters and 9-11 and what they went through. And so for those who are dealing with right now, even the frontline workers, you know, we just heard about the, the firemen, um, you know, they found COVID there, you know, and men who on the, on the front line fighting wars and PTSD, you know, men who in, involved in some of them real challenging situations. Those are also things to look out for. And I would say those are like some nice tips of a guide to look out for a brethren regardless of his personality. You, when you see those things kind of popping up, now it's a little sign to be like, let me just talk to him, you know, pull him aside, sit down and just, you know. In terms of identifying personalities and how personalities, if a person, somebody based on their personality can be identified to have a particular trait. When we look at depression and mental health, especially with men or where men are concerned, depression don't have a face. It's a faceless disease. So yeah. somebody could be joyful, they could be, as Bertrand said, the life of the party. That could be the, the, the loudest, most boisterous person. It, within the group and he is the person who's suffering the most but yeah. his expression in that type of manner is more or less 
it can be used as a to, to identify it as a symptom, but as well, that is him overcompensating mm. for the issues that he he dealing with internally. It's also a cry for help because why are you looking for all that attention? He just there, he making all this noise, he loud. It's really a cry for help. Um, I want to also go back on something that I think Von mentioned earlier in terms of how we would have dealt with our own issues. Um, I think he was we would have overcompensated by hiking and drinking. Um, he wanted to do everything. He wanted to be involved in everything to distract himself. I could relate to that. I myself would have experienced something like that. I would have gone through a number of issues and would have attempted to use the same plasters for the soil in terms of hiking, in terms of running marathons, training excessively. But one of the things a lot of people don't tell you is that those things don't work. Because yeah. the more you run from it, is the more it run. It it, 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 it it catch up with you, it run behind you. So you're really trying to get yourself active and to preoccupy yourself. But you only delay in the process in terms of dealing and addressing the issues. Because the longer you take to, to deal and address the hurt, is the longer you're going to take to heal. I think um in one of the Empower sessions we had this week, one of the guys was making mention of the importance of taking time to heal. And it's something a lot of men do really do. You, you run from the issues, you distract yourself, you drink, you, 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 you be active, overly active, and you don't stop to take the time to do like what Anthony said, to internalize the issues, to really do some introspection, to even ask for help to because again, society have conditioned us in such a way that as men, we don't really like to ask for help. I think as do. If you ask for help, you're coming across soft. You really don't want your boys and them to watch you a particular way. Um, but Aaron, as you say, is it that yeah. culture that we need to change in terms of like, um, if somebody asks for help, they genuinely need help and we need to stop ridiculing them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something yes. that we we, we, we fall victim of and, and, and we're guilty of in terms mm -hmm. of brother might be he, and another thing we don't know how to do is how to ask for help so that's the next thing so I, I don't know Aaron yeah you're saying toxic masculinity all around it is toxic <laughs> it is it is yeah. you see and it's true what you're saying because with the things that you just say you're taking back to that time where um, I was under some stress financially which led to Carlone being behind, right on the table, you know, a lot of different things that that, that one problem led to. And um, I didn't say anything to my wife. And one day, boy, I was in the bed and I just started crying. I cry, and she realized I break, I, I break down. First time I break down in front of my wife, and she hugged me up and she asked me what happened. And I, and I watched, I was crying uncontrollably. I didn't because I didn't know what to do. I never spoke to anyone about it. And she hugged me up and she gave me that support. And we discussed it and we figured it out. And I realized when you had a support, it really helps. Don't mind. Exactly. As, as, as you say, we dive ourselves and we go into hiking and drinking or sweating. But if we don't have our help and our support, it wouldn't um, fix the problem. Yeah. As you say, yeah. 
But also that brings to mind is that you have to identify your circle and realize if your circle healthy because in the same breath when you ask for support, you get the help and you move on from your hurt. You know your alignment sometime, a boy bring it back up. So you now have to relive that trauma. Or exactly. somebody helped you and you move on and they reach out to you for some help, whatever it might. I don't want to trivialize what help they might need. But then you're not in any position to lend a helping hand at the moment. They then reproach. Hmm. Hence, you see men in general kind of reluctant to share their innermost hurts with their, with, with their friends. So you have to examine your circle and see if it's a circle you can really rely on in time of need. So what can we do to improve mental health um, in, ter- in terms of um, not just reading, but um, are there, are there like, short courses that you can do? Uh, are there things that you can do online that would assist in um, a, if a group like Los Shens wanted to get information on how to deal with mental health? Richard? Yeah, man. I think there are a number of things that we could do. Fortunately, mental health is trending now. You know, people are talking about it. So I would say some of the things I would look at, one, uh, using apps. There are some brilliant apps right now that you could install on your phone that you could find out information about your mental health status. There's one called What's Up, not WhatsApp, but What's Up that you could install on your phone. And basically, it has this cognitive behavioral approach to it now. A therapist's cognitive behavioral um, theory and that model of approach is really looking at how your thoughts affect your emotions and feelings and how that leads to your behavior. So as a therapist, we try to slow people down at the thought process now. So somebody gets you vexed and they say, hey, you know, you take it on, you start to think negatively about yourself one time, you know. So, you know, you got cheated on as a meal. Is that thinking not good enough? It wasn't performing well, them kind of things. So that's one of the ways that you can look at it now until it's slowing down. So there's that app. Um, I would say there's also um, there's another app that you could use. There are a whole bunch of them in the um, online that you could look at. There's also one that's powerful because you could connect yourself to friends. So like the support groups now, there's an app where you could say there are five people I'm going to add, and I could just say if any time I'm going through something, I could just send off an alert and the people would come toward me. And you could do that in a WhatsApp group as well. And then Netflix has a lot of documentaries that I find are very helpful. But I find that what's very powerful, honestly, looking at some of the Empower TT Los Gems, you know, past videos and sessions and things that we're on Facebook. I look at them because I find that those conversations are so powerful. I have heard young men speak about issues that are just so therapeutic just in that space where they feel safe now. Yeah. And so that community and that network that you could set up now is like, that's something that you could just never get with. And of course, talking to a psychotherapist is important. Um, you know, medication may be important. But I really believe that the, the, the journey of even going on YouTube and looking at people talk, if you feel real down and low, search about depression, look, look up a, a breakup, look at your child if you're hearing voices, because that's another part of mental health we haven't touched on. People, you know, these psychotic features where you're hearing voices. Go and look online and read up about it. And there are so many people in our community sharing their experiences there now. And that's very helpful as well. Right. So you listed, you listed some... Sorry, Chef, go ahead. As I, I heard him talking about depression as well as the apps that are available now. Um, about two years ago, I did a, a blood analysis. Um, and for some strange reason, in the middle of that, the doctor turned to me and he said, Are you depressed? Well, watch now, I ain't shocked, eh? I like, Me? Depressed? Well, Bertrand, we haven't gotten to know, know each other good yet. But if you know me, nobody would look at me and think, I am yeah. depressed. Even I probably didn't know I have been depressed. So it had me thinking, well, me depressed? When was I depressed? 
and it just took me back to after A levels, right? Um, back then it wasn't gate, so parents didn't have the money to go to university one time, and I myself needed a little time off to decide what I want to do in life. Um, but that year, I found myself home alone, parents out, whoever, brother, sister went to work, whatever, and I am home alone in the house. <clears throat> no internet them days, um, with, with nothing to do and just looking at myself like, where's your purpose? Where's your purpose? And then I realized I started closing the windows. I didn't know anybody knew at home. I was just like a mouse in the house. And I would wait till evening time when I know the guys going on the court. And I would probably like sneak out the back door and just appear like, you know, like I didn't want them to know I was unemployed. I didn't have a purpose in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I realized that was a slightly depressing time. In the middle of that, did my driver's test, failed it the first time. Watch that. I never failed nothing in my life. Depressed. <laughs> really, really bothered me. And, and that year was a tough year, but thankfully, things got better. And most, once again, recently, well, um, Petrotrin. I was one of the guys working Petrotrin. And well, I may have handled it a little better due to my skill set. Right, I could fall back on some other things, do private jobs, work for myself. But my brothers and sisters, who basically had no skills to fall back on, and facing the job market, it was hard. It was hard looking at them, and you know, I mean, I have some real success stories there. Eh? Some real entrepreneurial spirit came out, and some really came out triumphant. But of course, there were those that weren't able to make it. So. Depression, I mean, I don't know if this is a thing. Maybe you could tell me, Bertrand, that you could be depressed. No, but depression, definitely not know. Chef, I would, I, would, I, would, I would jump in here. Depression is real, you know. Um, I myself had an experience. Um, as you guys would have known, I lost my grandmom last year, coming on to the end of the year. And um, shortly after she passed away, my daughter migrated. So, Knowing myself, knowing the kind of relationship that I had with my grandmother, we were really close. At, we were really close. Then she passed away, Ariel left, and then boom, COVID happened. And COVID yeah. just in the picture now, I'm in a position where I'm still coping with losing granny. Ariel is no longer here. And COVID come and ups, and I'm not sure when I'm going to physically see Ariel again. Now, we, we, we speak every day. Um, thank God for technology, WhatsApp and Zoom calls and whatnot. But the, the the situation of not knowing when next you're going to see her. And yeah. I found myself in a really dark place and I started questioning, I started asking myself, but Aaron, we're going with you, buddy. There's not like you. And I would be a hypocrite to sit out here and tell you guys that I didn't. I myself was in a place where I started telling myself the toxic things. But you a man, you were you digging, you ain't supposed to be digging hours for this, you ain't supposed to be studying this so much. Yeah, boy. And as Kirby, I like to say, you know, the ego step in place, and it's like, there's not no scene, man. And you guys would ask, friends would ask, family would ask how you're going, you know, you're coping. You know, it's alright. I real good. I good, I real good. I I, I cool, man. I cool, I dealing with it. And you know. I, I took some time and I sit down and really questioned myself and I was like, but Aaron, you know that you you go into a, a, a slight case of depression, you know, but you just don't want to admit it because you're playing, yeah. you're playing man. 
and it's a real experience and we find ourselves as men afraid to have the conversation and to say mm -hmm. that we ourselves would have had experiences that we weren't our best, we weren't a hundred. And nothing is wrong with saying that. I mean, I did the work. I, 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 I luckily and, and thankfully had people to pour positively into me. I had my friends to lean on, family and whatnot. And I did the work, I came out of it. But everybody's not as fortunate. So how do you find that? How do you find that source of strength, that source of stability when all feels lost in terms of where do you get that source going forward mm -hmm. i don't know if you guys would have would want to share in terms of some of your experiences as well well um what i what i can say is um in terms of your beliefs spiritual um some not everybody might have that that type of spiritual um ground foundation but um for me that works you know um I also do a lot of, of alone time and you know, you, you sit down and you, you either write out your thoughts or you just, you know, take some time to yourself and meditate. Um, thank God I live in Mayaro, so I have the beach. Um, <laughs> that is my place of solace. <laughs> I will go down by the beach and just sit down and relax and just chill and, you know, just take in. And that's me. Um, and I also, I also talk to my mom a lot. Um, you know because she she's she knows my story um we are like best friends so you know anytime anytime she noticed a little dumb or something she'll come and you know hey we're going on what happened and you know you talk and well there's always the loose friends team you know if you want a good laugh or you just want something to pick you up you just go in there and you shock up i will say something to tray off and just you know <laughs> easier mind i don't no, I, 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 I I for that team man <laughs> 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 yeah. One of the things that, as you say that, Keon, and that is the amazing thing because, like me, you will always say I outspoken and I will say one well my mind. But a lot of the things that I go through, I seldom ever share with anybody. I, I tend to internalize it and deal with it on my own. It's like when I do reach out, it's because I reach them a wit's end, you know? And that's something yeah. that's why I ask you a question about being passive because my. One of my skills to cope with certain things is to internalize, look at it, and say, okay, and try to analyze and move on from there. But that may not always be healthy, you know, because a lot of times I find myself withdrawn and whatnot. So I think because I know that is what I do to myself, that's why I'm so outspoken at times and I just see what's yeah, yeah. on my mind because I think that keeping it in is just as unhealthy as not seeing it. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Well, I mean, <laughs> so, Bertrand, um, yeah. do you think that one of the main problems in mental health is with men is expressing, like expressing emotions and expressing feelings, where men have problems expressing on a whole that yeah. cause mental health issues? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I could share my personal experience, and the thing that drew me to become a therapist was my experience growing up as a young man with my, um, what was happening in my home. So I grew up in a family, a context environment where there was a lot of violence. And I used to just be, it used to implode in the night. I used to be hearing the noises, the screaming and thing. And I used to be like, way boy, and I had to go to school. And as a male now, you're just like, if you go to school as a male and you're not doing well in school, you know what I'm saying? And you're just going by, nobody really notices that's something wrong because you're just not performing. It was glorified as a male if you're not doing good in school. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, that is good. You know what I'm saying? 
And so for me, I was going to school and it was until the point where I did so badly in school, I had to repeat an entire year and then it was a wake up and people paid attention and there was no psychological support. And so for me now, that was my, I realized during that time I was depressed and I didn't, and, and it starts there because as young men now, we learn to just keep it inside. So, and the people asked me what's going on. I said nothing to no, nobody. I said nothing, you know, and that's where you start to learn that now. And if we look at the research, like the World Health Organization says it very clear, the number one um, disability in the world is mental health. There are two, is anxiety and depression. Number one disability is not heart attacks is number one. So most people are going to go through um, depression or anxiety at some point in their life. But just to quickly say the things that work for me, I say people should definitely try one, volunteerism. Focusing on other people has proven to help you giving back and you find meaning in life. Two, setting boundaries, healthy relationships and saying, no, I need to take care of myself, self-care. Three, gratitude. 9-11 survivors, they did research on them. I said that when they did gratitude for what's happening in their day, every morning I give gratitude to God and I find five things I'm thankful for. When you show gratitude, that rewires the pathways of how the neurons and work in your brain. Another one is eating better. You understand? So if you're eating things like serotonin in food, makes you sleep better at night, you won't stay up. That's another mental health thing. People can't sleep. And um, finally, increasing exercise. I know all the men are loose, gents. It's strong men now. All the always loose. <laughs> <laughs> that's so well, that's so well. <laughs> every time I see every, every loose, gents, man, when they pop out with the t-shirt, that's <laughs> but even <laughs> exercising itself, it releases the endorphins, you know, and it makes it kind of it improves the mood. And that's something I really believe in. And, and so for me, those are like central things that I believe in and I practice. And I wish you could teach our young men these things because they're going by, they're following the gender scripts of just being unhealthy, holding it inside, bad man thing, but imploding within and the academic performance going downhill there, you know, and, and the lack of mentorship going down there. And, and it's so serious having something like you all. Someone like you, no chance doing something like this. For you. I just wanted to say one thing. Um, back so when Rusty said he was on the bed and he was crying and he just cried uncontrollably. You know, it touched me in a way because as men, we think that crying is something that not we shouldn't be doing. But we have always been crying. Huh? Men cry in different ways. So when we go on the basketball court, we go on the football field, we go in the gym, that's crying. When you have things going on, you're on the video game, your wife or your girlfriend watching on the game and she shifts in. That's because you, they are distressing from that day you just went through. That's crying. So nothing is wrong with crying. Find your way to cry and cry hard. All right. I couldn't say it any better. So, Chef. Yeah, well, let's well, see what's going on. I take all my pens. I take notes, you know. We're trying to drop in some gems there. I'm telling you. <laughs> So, I mean, we really must thank you, Bertrand, for, for your presence here today. And definitely, guys, I think it goes without saying that we need a part two of this. Oh, yeah. Yes. We just, just touch the surface here. Definitely. Yeah. So, Bertrand, thanks again. And definitely, we had to do some more of this. And you know, Lozian's not afraid to tackle these topics. We are changing the narrative as we continue to create a league of sophisticated gentlemen. So, like, follow, and share. Looking forward to hearing from you all.